We are live. <laughs> Every sports fan has an opinion. Well, these are ours. Ours. Welcome to Brock and Pep's unsportsmanlike convo. And here are your hosts, Brock Fleming and Pep Cariotti. All right. Good uh, afternoon, everybody. What's that face for? <laughs> Not that I was just doing a little jig, but you weren't looking at the. Uh... Oh, I was not. I'm looking at the what's showing up on the screen. I know it's not feeding back to you right now. Yeah. I am also not going to attempt to fix it because it doesn't matter. I don't have any clips to show you today anyway. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, so I'm looking at that more than anything. Are we live? No, we're not live. Practice room? No, no, we're not even on. I didn't even put it on the Facebook at this point. These headphones suck. <laughs> it's horrible. I feel like I'm talking to you underwater. You look like a doctor. They look like a stethoscope. Yeah. Well, so, I should. Yeah. Actually, I'm a little nervous because uh, <laughs> Saturday's the Rinks and Links, and I haven't haven't done anything active enough where I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be the, or I'm afraid that I will be the uh, statistic where it's like, oh, you know, he didn't do anything over COVID and just stuffed <laughs> his face, and then he decided to play in a hockey tournament. And no, no, no. And don't, don't talk like you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be I, fine. I, mean, I mean, pace yourself. Well, that's it. We lose 20 to 19. I don't care. We're just out there yeah. having a good time. So that's what I got to exactly. keep telling myself. Scott's playing with us. So obviously the, the level can't be that great. Uh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. You know what that is? That is a feeler. I'm going to see if he actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> so... <laughs> if anybody sees Scott and be like, ooh, did you hear what Brock said on that? On episode no. uh, 71. This is episode 71. <laughs> We're in the 70s, by the way. Why are we? It says 68 on Anchor. Oh, shouldn't be. Unless I miscounted okay. somewhere. Okay. Well, all good. Whatever. Mm. Maybe I didn't. 61, uh, 78, whatever. Maybe I didn't change the number properly on the Anchor one. Uh, it should be. I got to look. Now we should be on Amazon Podcast as well. Amazon is coming out with a big podcast platform. So we nice. make sure that, uh, that we're on there with the Amazon Music. All right. I like that a lot. Anyway, uh, we are, well, this is the follow-up to yesterday's show that we were recording, and we got uh, cut off. Again, technical issues. I realized uh, apparently my MacBook was draining batteries like crazy. You're trying to show me something. I, what is it? What is it, Lassie? What is it? What is it? <laughs> Steelers. Okay, the Steelers. So we're talking about the fucking Steelers. It's week one. The NFL's come and gone. Week one. Uh, we've done our picks. That's the other thing too. I got to bring up is to find out who was uh, uh, leading. We'll talk about that after this video is shut off. The audio podcast will continue, and we'll we'll discuss the the pick'em pool, the UC Sounds pick'em good. pool, and uh, I know who's leading. I know who's trailing. Um, <laughs> this guy. Polar opposite. Yeah. Oh, man, I took some chances. But, yep. hey, it's week one. I figure anything can happen in those ones. There's no preseason, no nothing, and um, I was completely wrong. We learned a little bit about week one. <clears throat> yeah. We learned a little bit about teams. Uh, you normally, week one, like you had mentioned, you like, like your picks showed, sometimes it's a bit of a crapshoot week one. Uh, no preseason, no, maybe not enough practice, late start. 
But uh, we did learn a few things about some teams, namely Tampa, New England. I certainly learned a little bit about Pittsburgh this week. That Ben Roethlisberger looked good. So I think we learned some teams that lost. We learned some things, too. I think Daniel Jones is going to be okay. He showed me enough. They don't have a very good offensive line in in, uh, New York. So um, very interesting. And you asked me yesterday what stood out for me this week. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to throw that question right back to you. What stood out to you this week? Uh, well, I mean, you brought up a, a great point already with uh, with the Giants. So um, I got my little note sheet. Can't see my little note sheet. Oh, I, I see was, it. I see it. As I was watching games, I, I write a few things down because I, I don't want to forget because they're, they, they pop into my mind. and I'm like, oh, I want to talk to Pep about that or mention it. Um, one of the things I was really going through, and I'll get to it in a second, but it's it's the young players. So during the, the NFL draft, there was a lot of picks that were – questionable and I guess from an offensive lineman standpoint was the order of these guys getting picked um, so I was kind of curious to see who was playing who was starting how they did and uh, sort of see like you know were these teams um, their experts their scouts seeing something that I wasn't or a lot of the 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 the, the college um, analysis uh, analysts didn't see but anyway, I'm going to go over a couple of the, the things that I wanted to uh, – actually, I'll just go over the kids right now. Burrows, we talked about Burrows. The Bengals, you know, I think I have them down, again, if I was grading sort of thing because I know they always grade people. Um, I had him at like a B, B minus. I thought that he showed a lot of spunk. So I was excited to see – that sounds bad. I'm excited to see spunk. I'm excited to see Joe Burrows <laughs> and the excitement he brings – to the field and to a team that has really uh, been on the downturn for a few years now and, and uh, kind of a laughing stock to a point. Like, they just have been really bad. So, anyway, I thought that he brought it. I think that, uh, you know, as his chemistry and stuff improves with his receivers, his O-line is still kind of atrocious. So, I don't think it's going to be, a, a, like, a stellar year. He's not going to turn this around into, a uh, you know, a 10-8 and eight football team. But... I think he's going to do some good things there. Chase Young, number two pick overall, Washington football team, defensive end, gave the guy an A. Guy's motor is second to none. Yeah. Their defense is actually really good. And yeah. if Philadelphia has the same issues with their offensive line that they've had in week one and can't fix that, and the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the Cowboys, and the Giants are the Giants, who knows what Washington can do? They're, I'm not picking them to win that division, but – I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. And, again, we talked about the people coaching, the front office guys. Like, they're doing the right things. Ron Rivera is a phenomenal <clears throat> coach, and he's going to get guys to play. And if Haskins can grasp the system and be as productive as they hope he can be or, um, you know, lead the team, just not cost them games, I think they might surprise people. Oh, I, I'm with you 100% when it comes to the Washington football team. I think in years past – Going down seventeen seven or whatever they were down going into the to the into the second half. In years past, that team had a folded. I mean, they with Jay Gruden or some. There were some stories out of Washington about him and his leadership and or lack of leadership, I should say. Personal life and just stuff and everything too. Personal yeah. life, yeah. The whole the whole organization has been a gong show for a, a pretty long time, actually, for a, a a really proud organization that has a history of winning through the nineties through the early two thousands. They've just gone right down the toilet. So it's nice to see them finally bring in the right guys, and their defense is flying. And an anonymous GM went out and said, 
that is one team that is going to scare the bejesus out of every quarterback they play. So, uh, great call on the Chase Young. He's a he look he looks like a freak. Like he looks oh, he like a freak, a freak on the field. He's so. an absolute freak. And I mean, um, Ohio State has been pretty pretty good with turning out some defensive ends that are ready for the NFL. I, I just wanted to touch on the Bengals really quickly. Um, they should have tied that game. Kicker missed a 20-yard field goal, blew his leg out, or uh, maybe more of his ego. Or won the game with the A.J. Green uh, catch, right? That was I mean, really, pass interference. really, you brought him down. I thought he showed some some serious leadership against a team that uh, is without Derwin James, but they're still a top, a top five secondary, a top ten defense. Uh, number one uniform. Oh my God, those are beautiful uniforms. But uh, you know, he brought. I thought he. Sh- I thought he showed well, and I think the Bengals again. We're talking about the offensive line. You can draft all the skilled guys you want, and I'll never understand this with teams. You know, you draft a, a, a wide receiver, a fan, a great. Uh, you draft a quarterback, great. If you don't have any guys in front of him, what's the point? Exactly. And yeah. we're, and we're looking at Dallas making a transition. And Travis Frederick is uh, retired. They had some injuries. I think the, all that's left over is Zach Martin and uh, Ty- Tyron Smith. Not bad to be two... to be left. <laughs> the, the the two guys that oh. are left, they're phenomenal, but spectacular. But you know, if three, they can't get the other faces. three guys to 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 buy in and be on the same page and and work it, then you're right. All those weapons that Dallas has are it's a moot a point. point. Yeah. Yep. And even on the defensive end, like the you know Van Der Esch is out for eight weeks. Sean Lee is nowhere near coming back. Like there's some serious issues in Dallas, but I think uh, I think really we, we saw some good stuff. Any, any other young players you want to mention? I know you mentioned Chase Young, Burrow. Chase Young, Burrow. Uh, I'm going to obviously the offensive line. So that was kind of my my big uh, point of analysis, I guess, was the fact that like the the Giants had taken Andrew Thomas out of Georgia with the fourth pick. And that was ahead of uh, Jaderic Wills, who went to the Browns, who was out of Alabama. Uh, Mackay Becton, who was out of Louisville, monster tackle. He's with the Jets. And then Tristan uh, Wirfs, which is out of Iowa with the Buccaneers. He went 13th. So Thomas went 4th, Wills 10th, Becton 11th, Wirfs uh, 13th. And I thought that although Thomas is probably – one of the best offensive linemen that the Giants have. That's just how bad the Giants' offensive line is. He's a left tackle. Uh, you know, he played okay. He's a better run blocker, but he wasn't great. So I gave him, like, he's about a C plus. His partner on the other right side, Fleming, if it kills me, is <laughs> atrocious. Like, he's a liability, and the Giants are going to be nowhere because of their offensive line. But I thought the fourth pick overall um, – in comparison, I gave I think the other three guys were all Bs. Actually, Jaderic Wills is kind of a, a incomplete because he left in the second half with a injured leg. But the other two guys I thought played pretty well. I mean, Becton was you know with the Jets, which suck, but they're playing the Bills, a very good defense, and he was right up there. I think Jaderic Wills, the Browns, he's playing the Ravens. The Ravens front are, are arguably one of the top three to five in the league. Uh, he ended up giving up one sack, but I mean he was working pretty hard. Um, and then uh, Tristan Wirfs for the the Bucks was going against Cam Jordan all I was just day. Say. And I mean, these guys are going against top quality. I mean, even Andrew Thomas. You're playing Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh arguably had again their defense, their linebackers stood out to me. That's one of the other things I have that that uh, really stood out to me from the week is is how good Pittsburgh's defense looks, how good their linebackers are. We talked about it before the games even started, but they lived up to every 
every bit for me in terms of those three linebacking core um, are going to be probably the top in the league, and they just fly from sideline to sideline. So as a Steeler fan yourself, you should be pretty happy with that. And then last one I'll shout out to C.J. Henderson, who went ninth in the first round. He's a corner out of Florida, playing for Jacksonville, but he had uh, playing the Colts. He had a, a huge pick. Uh, and he broke up the last uh, fourth down pass uh, that was going to T.Y. Hilton to kind of solidify the game. And for a team that lost to Jalen Ramsey, um, they replaced him with a guy who is equally as talented. So I was happy to see that he did pretty well. The other guy, Jackson. oh, Patrick Queen, actually. Patrick Queen, the linebacker for the oh, Ravens, yeah. LSU. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Eight tackles, a sack, a forced fumble in his first game in the pros. He is a monster. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's a monster. Um, you know the the AFC North has got some beasts. I'm uh, looking forward to seeing a little bit more from what the Steelers can do. Um, their middle linebacker had six tackles. The the second year man at a at a Michigan had six tackles in the first quarter. He was all over the field. Devin he's Bush, a hitting machine. Devin Bush, he's a hitting machine. Their front three are are. They overwhelm most offensive lines. The Giants' offensive line was atrocious. I've seen – I watch every Pittsburgh game. I know how good they can be, and I know how mediocre they can be, depending on, on their system. Their, their front three are just – they're not pass rushers. They're just meant to hold hold their spot so the linebackers can fill the gaps. But for uh, Tuit and Alualu and Cameron Hayward to go out there and actually put pressure on the quarterback tells me that the offensive line is weak. Mm. So – you know, I'm looking forward to seeing Pittsburgh play Denver, a bit better offensive line this week. We're going to see what they got. Um, I, I thought Worf struggled, but he's going to struggle this year because Arians doesn't like to doesn't like to help his tackles. Arians likes to send four guys out in the route and a tight end uh, to help one of the tackles, but usually he sends his tight end out too. So I think Brady's going to have a very long year. Um, he's not mobile enough to. Uh, to be able to like to scramble left or right, he's just not mobile enough. He can step into the pocket; he's pretty good at that. But I, you don't see Brady rolling out very often. You don't see him eluding tackles. He's no. Once you got him, you got him. He's not Ben Roethlisberger, that's for sure. When it comes to when it comes to evading a sack, so uh, very interesting week. We didn't even talk about Cam Newton. Well, that's the 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 big takes away takeaways I had from this week. Uh, the the main one is. The Patriots versus the Bucks, the whole hoodie versus Brady and the separation and who's going to prevail as being the reason that the Patriots won all those years. And I think we're seeing it. I mean, it's only week one. It's only, only week, week one. one but. but hoodie is a magician. And he's already said Cam Newton is likely the best quarterback he's ever coached. And he just finished coaching Tom Brady, who people argue is being the greatest of all time just because of championships. But I think we're going to see a lot of stuff from Cam. I think we're going to see a, a whole new Cam Newton. Uh, his offense has already changed in order to, to uh, tailor to Cam's strengths. Uh, you know what? I hate um, – it's a strong word. I dislike the Patriots and the Patriot Nation to a point. I think it's just because it was so uh, redundant over the last few years. But I, I got to say, I got a soft spot for Cam Newton and seeing those guys and seeing what they could do. I want to see Belichick do well with Cam Newton, and I don't mind seeing Brady suffer in a different system. We actually, I actually find the Patriots likable with Cam Newton. I find, the, I find myself intrigued by what, what he can do and the offense looking very different. I mean, for 20 years, we saw Brady 
take the snap and get the ball out of his hands in about three seconds. With Newton, we've seen uh, read options. We saw some some designed quarterback sneaks. We've seen we saw him throw the ball down the field. We've seen it. We saw it all in one game. What they'll end up being, we don't know yet. You know, you and I mentioned that he's going to get killed if he if he keeps running read option plays. But you, like you said, he's got he's got to learn how to slide. Belichick's going to teach him that in practice. And like you said again uh, yesterday, um, the coaches are going to sit him down and save him. I mean, he's he's far beyond Jared Stidham. Like he's he's a he's a former All Pro, former MVP close. of the league. I mean, come on. You know, for people to even suggest that oh, Jared Stidham should be the starter, I think have you not been watching pro football the last decade? Like Cam Newton's legit. Is he eclectic? Is he uh, eccentric? Uh, yeah, but he likes to dress the way he dresses. He likes to have a persona in front of the podium. So what? It's how it's what we see on the field, and what I've seen on the field, I haven't seen him really be overly arrogant or uh, or come at guys. His teammates love him. He's, he looks like a fun guy to play for. He looks like a fun yeah. guy to, to work with. Like, sure. you're going to work. You want to enjoy your job. You know? It doesn't have to be, and whatever, it doesn't have to be Michael Jordan stuff all the time. You know what I mean? Like, go. I want yeah. to enjoy being around my teammates. I want to enjoy yeah. working and getting better. And, and um, I think Cam Newton brings that aspect to the game. And, um uh, yeah, you know what? You're 100% right. The Patriots are likable right now. And that's... Uh, Who knew? <laughs> it, it almost leaves a bad taste in my mouth to say it. But they are likable right now. And I hope the best for Cam Newton. Like, I, I really liked them before. Um, I think they got him for a steal. I have no idea how they got him for whatever, league minimum. I think it was 700 grand or something like that. Um, but, that's, but that's the Patriots. So And let's preface this with they're doing it without seven starters on the defensive end. Their whole oh, linebacking yeah. core opted out of playing this year. Uh, I, Patrick Chung, I mean, they've got guys in the secondary who've opted out. Seven starters. That's remarkable. That's remarkable what they're doing, what they did on defense. They I mean they 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 shut down Miami. Miami's on a powerful offense, but I mean it's it's the NFL. Anytime you hold the team to ten or seventeen points somewhere in that ballpark, you're doing a pretty good job. So, uh, hey, and their offensive line is healthy and they're very very good. They, their offensive line is very underrated. So. Anyway, I don't know who they have this week. We'll, we'll uh, we can we're going to talk about that a little we'll talk later. Talk about but, that a uh, little bit. But after that, uh, you know, I've talked about the Philly offensive line struggles, and they're just going to be worse. I've, I have a friend of mine out of Boston. He's friends with two guys on the Philadelphia Eagles team, both offensive linemen. Both started their first game on this weekend at right guard, right tackle. Um, yeah. You know, they're inexperienced. That's what it is right now. And and from an offensive line standpoint, if you're changing, you know, forty percent of it. You need to get those five working the same page, and I think that they're they're a little ways away from being uh, a solid offensive line that can get through games because they're going to be challenged by Washington and even you know the Giants defense side and the Cowboys defense side. Big Nev in, in the middle is going to be causing havoc. Um, so if they don't get that fixed, they're toast. To be honest, from a Steeler standpoint, I watched the Steeler game. I wasn't impressed with their offensive line, and it's that's first. usually yeah, and that's usually one of their strong suit strong suits. And I, I just uh, I felt like that wasn't at the Pittsburgh Steelers level. Um, I hope that they, for your sake, that they can kind of overcome that. But I think for Ben, they need to because, you know, I felt like there was a bit a bit more pressure on Ben than there should be or that well, they, it, they should be allowing. It's a different line from last year. They've Ramon Foster's retired. 
they uh, that's it's a big loss. He's their big guard. Mm. They moved Matt Filer over to to replace Ramon Foster. So they you know Villanueva. I I think Villanueva, who I really like by the way, mm. is a little overrated. Uh, he's he's ranked pretty high. Uh, I, he gets beat more often than not, and he, he's he was the most penalized left tackle in the NFL last year. So you got Villanueva, you got a new guard in Filer, you got Pouncey, who's getting up there in years. Uh, the, Steve Wisniewski started. He's now hurt. He put, tore a pectoral muscle. He was starting for DeCastro, who was hurt. And then you had the rookie, the, the second-year guy, Zach Banner, who's a converted tight end, playing your right tackle, who blew out his, I believe he blew his Achilles or his knee. Oh, it was his knee. He's out for the year. So now they have to replace the right tackle. They've got a rookie starting there. They've got Kevin Dotson, the rookie out of, I can't remember what college he, he came out of, but he's starting this week at guard. So Steelers got some serious offensive line issues. So what you what you were witnessing was was no magic trick. That they're they're going to struggle for a couple of weeks until they can get the De Castro back. All right. I well, think that affected James Conner's ability to run the ball. Although Benny Snell ran for a hundred yards, but like I think you I think that's definitely a point of concern. Was uh, their their offensive line definitely underachieved this week? Agreed. All right. So uh, validation for my. Uh my analysis. There's uh, there's one team we didn't mention, Brock. I just want to quickly mention. And I I watched. I was flipping channels because it was kind of a boring game. Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. Green Bay Packers. On my I list. think Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is healthy, super healthy. Sixteen years, been, he said. The first time in sixteen years, his arm has not hurt because of this no preseason, no contact, easy in with the COVID and stuff. So they're all advocating for it, but his arm feels good. In 16 years, hasn't felt good. It's going to be. You hear what he's he's been doing in the off season, though. All lower body work. Danica Patrick. He said it. That, <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good time to go to commercial, but we're not. The. Uh... <laughs> hey, that's air horn worthy anyway. Oh, he he's air horn worthy. He played really well, and he uh, so he's working. He did he, all he did in the summer was uh, was squats and lunges and work on his his lower body strength. And he, he says the conditioning with his legs will should help him a lot this year. Uh, he's been injury prone the last couple of years, so they look really good. And he's pissed and he's upset about the draft pick, and so he's got something yep. to prove. Anyway, the Packers are going to be really good. I, what I saw, anyways. Agreed. And the other thing that stood out is that uh, I don't know if they've cut him yet. I don't think they have. But uh, Goskowski, the famed kicker from the New England Patriots, gets picked up by the Titans, misses four field goals. They win, luckily, but he misses four. Can you keep that guy? I don't think so. But, you know, was he not a a late pickup? Yeah, he was late. It was like, yeah, yeah. it was late. Yeah. they, they got rid of a, a younger guy for him. I think he's got, like, people just knew him. Like, he was friends with front office guys. Got him a job or hired him, but missed four. And I just think you can't. Ugh. For a team no. like Tennessee, a team like Tennessee that is not made to score 50 points a game, they're made for strong defense, a strong running game. Their offensive line is great. Tannehill's a guy that's paid to not make mistakes. And say, you know what? We can win the the twenty four to seventeen game. We need field goals. We take those points because we'll slow it down by the run. We'll stop them on defense, but we need to slow it down and we need to take those three points when we get it. And if you can't have a guy that consistently hit those, that doesn't fit into your whole overall um, 
team dynamic and focus and, and, and ideology, I guess, on how you've built your team. So he's got to go. I know he's got a name, and I know he's got, you know, many years of, of Super Bowl kicks, all that kind of stuff, but I think you got to let him go and get somebody who can actually hit that for you. For sure, and if, and if you think back the past 20 years, the teams that are consistently good, consistently in the playoffs, Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl winners, you know, the Ravens come to mind. They have the best kicker in the game, Justin Tucker. They, You think about the Patriots, Gostowski was one of the best kickers in the league for years. You know, he's hit the wall. You know, he's you hope he relives his glory like uh, Adam Vinatieri. But, you know, a team that play, that relies on the run and defense, you those three points are vital. Like, that's that's your whole game. It's, whole, it's field position and field goals and huh, yeah i'm with you man i uh he stunk and had they lost we'd be talking about it a little bit more oh for sure all right so that's uh whatever 25 minutes same on week old one. lions same old browns same old jets that's all i gotta say oh yeah let's not Terrible. shit on them eh? all right um 25 minutes in week one now we're going over nfc quick we're going to go over each uh of the four divisions and let's see who you got i don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises but let's start with the nfc east who do you got in the nfc east obviously cowboys washington giants and uh, philly had we talked about this last week i might i might have a different opinion but now that we've seen a week and uh, a week has gone by and we've seen what some of these teams have to offer i you know i think the cowboys will get it right because mike mccarthy is a great coach um, I think the Cowboys will end up winning this division at a, with a ten and six or a, even a nine and seven. I think the Giants. Such so a shame that uh, their offensive line is so bad because Jones looks really good. Um, but right now, I got to go with the with the, the tried, tested, and true teams that have been leading this division for the last few years. I'm going to go Dallas winning the division with the Eagles second. Washington is not quite there yet, but they're going to finish third, and the Giants are going to finish last because they can't they can't stop anybody. So uh, on the offensive line specifically. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys, believe it or not, as painful as that is for me to say. Yeah, I'm, uh, I agree. I have the Cowboys, but I, I, I have Washington finishing second in that one. Uh, I just, Hey, uh, yeah. I mean, I just, maybe. their defense looks good. Their offensive line is not even bad by any means. Um, you know, they're just, I think Ron Rivera can work some magic on this kind of season. I just think that, I think it's more or less that, it's the offensive lines for uh, New York and for Philly that um, I just don't think you can overcome that from an offensive standpoint. And I think Washington has enough that they can they can squeak by some of the games and, and probably beat some of these guys. Um, so I'm, I'm going to give, again, I'm going to give second place to Washington, but I do think the Cowboys pull that out. Um, you know, they lost this week, but it was questionable pass interference calls and whatnot. And I think that, again, when the rust is shaken off, I think that they'll, uh, they'll probably go. Hey, they need, they need more production from Dak Prescott. He was only one for seven in that last quarter. And, you know, he's, he's ranked so high in every, in every quarterback ranking. He's top five, and I, it baffles me. Um, but, you know, he's, he's their guy. And if things don't, if they end up going zero and two, zero and three, they're going to be some conversations about Andy Dalton coming in. That's where Andy Dalton is, eh? That's yeah. And Andy Dalton, <clears throat> I saw, I've watched Andy Dalton his whole career, and you know the only reason why he struggled the last couple of years was well, a he didn't have his best receiver, he's hurt. But they again, we talked about the Bengals' offensive line, horrible. Hey, we could see and we can hear some Andy Dalton chatter if they go zero and two or zero and three. You mark my words. Mark his words. 
That's like uh, watch Talladega Nights with the kids. I know, yeah. inappropriate. Um, <laughs> when Farrell says, uh, and that's this is why I kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Like everybody's like, oh, you know, he's. Uh, it looks like he's an asshole, or sometimes you know. No, he, I don't know. Some people have that persona of him, and I feel like. I don't know. Some of the interviews, he makes me laugh. Like, so in uh, Talladega Nights, Will Ferrell, with all due respect. And then he says something like, well, you can't say that. He's like, yeah, I said, with all due respect, I can say whatever I want after that. <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers in uh, the interview with, I think, Pat McAfee, uh, he says something. He says, well, with all due respect, he goes, now I can say whatever I want. And so it was like a direct, <laughs> anyway, I was dying. I'm anyway. a big Aaron Rodgers fan. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think he, uh, I'm excited for him this year. I think he's going to be great. Hey. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, well, let's go right to the NFC North then. The North. The oh, North. Oh, the North. Packers, the North, Bears, those, yeah. Vikings, and Lions. Hey, kudos to Mitch Trubisky. We didn't talk about the Bears' victory over the Lions because the Lions are just uh, culture losing. But kudos to him. He had a huge fourth quarter, huge fourth quarter for the Bears, and he brought them back. They were left for dead in that game. So um, happy for the Bears. <laughs> happy for Matt Putvey and uh, Natter. Big Nads, uh, yeah. Big Bears fans. But uh in this division, I, I I like the I like the Vikings. I, I liked the actually I did like the Vikings until they let go of uh, Everson Griffin. But uh-huh. I think the Vikings have overall the most talent. Uh, but I didn't see enough of them this week. I think Kirk Cousins is in for a, a long year without Stephon Diggs. Uh, you know he's got to rely on Thielen. I don't think Thielen's a stretch the field kind of guy. He's more of a possession kind of guy. So uh, Packers for me. I just from what I saw based on week one, I got to go with the Packers. Super talented. I'll give the the Vikings and Bears are going to be in a dog fight for number two. I, I'm going to give the edge to the Bears. I think the Bears are going to fight for a wild card this year. Uh, Vikings are going to take a couple steps back. Their defense is not as aggressive. Uh, they still have a good secondary, but their front seven has changed a lot. And uh, <laughs> yeah, poor poor old poor old Lions. They're going to lose. They're going to lose more than they're going to win. That's all. That's all I gotta say about the Detroit Lions. And sorry Jer- to our man Jerry Coapis, season ticket holder for a, as long as I've known him. He's got a stomach through another another missed playoffs. I think Alex Scanterberry is another big Detroit Lions fan. Sorry, Alex. Uh, kind of agree with you. Uh, I think I think Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers. You never count that guy out, and their defense is pretty good. Uh, their old yep. line is still, you know, arguably up there. Yep. Um, and he just makes every receiver. You know, when they talk about Cousins struggling, he doesn't have certain receivers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need certain receivers. Um, he just plug and play. As long as those guys get to where they got to be, that ball is going to be there. And I think that you're going to see an emergence of guys like Lazard, um, you know, along with Devontae Adams. And, and I mean, the, the stuff that uh, Jabal Williams has done in the offseason in terms of, you know, his quickness and, and I guess his uh, his improvements from year three to four apparently are great. So seeing that two-headed monster in the backfield, I think is going to be really uh, tough to beat. Minnesota, you know, I think you're right. I think I think Minnesota finishes second. I think they still have the nucleus for that. I think you're going to see a guy, Justin Jefferson from LSU, be the guy that replaces the digs, that stretches the field a little bit more. And they need to do that in order to make Thielen be effective because if they can't establish another receiver, I think Thielen... Um, although very talented, um, 
could be removed from the game plan fairly easily from a defensive standpoint if you don't have other people to step up. And then, um, yeah, then that's the rest for that. I'm not even going to go into the – but that's uh, Green Bay and I have Minnesota finishing second. NFC South. The South. South. Saints, uh, this, Panthers, well, this, Falcons, and Buccaneers. The Brady Bucks. The most, the most intriguing uh, – I'd say the most one of the most intriguing divisions in the NFL this year largely because of of Tampa Bay and Tom Brady showing up and uh, legitimizing that team that's under underachieved with Jameis Winston for years but uh it's still clearly there's still the Saints division uh Drew Brees the chemistry he has now how bad is Michael Thomas's injury we don't know he's going to be out for this week so that could play a factor but I mean they got Emmanuel Sanders great running game Tyson Hill uh Alvin Kamara I mean They'll be. I think it's still the Saints' division to lose, so I'm going to go with the Saints. I think. I think Tom's going to be fine. I do. I think the Brit, the Bucks go 11 and five somewhere in that ballpark, even 12 and four. I think he legitimizes their offense. They will settle down. He brings that confidence to them. They got to run the ball with, with Leonard Fournette. Didn't he barely touched the ball? And I know he's just showed up there. Maybe he doesn't know the playbook yet. So we got to see a little bit more of him. Take some pressure off Brady. Falcons every year. Every year, the Falcons win the Super Bowl in the preseason. They're the trendy pick. They still got Matty Ice, this and that and the other. They have stunk it up since losing that lead in the in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Saddest been... moment in sports ever was hey. watching the owner on the sidelines mid-fourth quarter or whatever with his wife holding hands, waiting to celebrate a Super Bowl victory, his first, and then being front row to watch it just slowly Oh. disappear into the history books as being the worst blown Super Bowl loss ever. Couldn't believe what I was watching. But, you know, they haven't, they've gotten worse every year. And last year was, uh, they, I think they finished strong. They finished 6-2, and two, but they were so bad to start, they didn't even sniff the playoffs. I do like their new uniforms. They look pretty sweet, actually. But uh, I don't, I'm, I'm giving the Falcons a 500 record at best. And then the Panthers... Boy, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm really happy for him that he's finally got a team to run after just a horrific injury with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but I don't see the Panthers competing because I, I don't I don't know enough about their coach. I think if it, if Ron Rivera was still there, I'd say, hey, don't sleep on the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey, good offensive line, stout defense. But I don't know. I think the Panthers are going to take a step back this year. So I go Saints, Bucks, Falcons, and Panthers. Uh, Saints finishing with 13 wins, 12 wins, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, I uh, well, fuck. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to go against those. Um, but if Michael Thomas is out, I don't think Brady Brady doesn't make a receiver as much as a guy like Aaron Rodgers does. Brady relies on that chemistry where Rodgers will force that ball into your sternum, and you have no you have no other choice but to catch it. Uh, Brady is going to be uh, missing a Michael Thomas one hundred percent. Agrees. Uh, yeah, who did I say? Brady. Brady. Uh, Brady's going to be missing yeah. a lot of things. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry, Breeze will be missing Michael Thomas immensely within his game, and, and the Saints are going to struggle to a point. Um, I mean, Kamara's already struggled a little bit in terms of not having a guy like Mark, um, Mark Ingram with it with him as well. So I know Latavius Murray is not bad, and he's supposed to replace that, but I think, yeah. you know, I don't think he's quite lived up to that bill. So we'll see how they do. Um I still have the Saints at this particular moment just because I don't think the Falcons have what it takes to, to cross that. The Panthers don't, and I'm not obviously sold on the Buccaneers. The top of Bay Gronkineers, I don't think, will overtake the Saints. 
although I would not be surprised. So I would put the, you know, Tampa Bay right now as second, but I wouldn't be surprised if they do finish because I think if nothing else was good for Tampa Bay uh, coming out and sort of being embarrassed in the first game with all these high expectations and whatever um, is probably going to be a benefit to them. I think if Tom Brady is the competitor that everybody says he is and can, and everybody else sort of buys into that mentality, I think they come back next week and they, they're a total different team. They're going to come back and they're going to, they're going to be hungry. And I think all that pressure, all those expectations, you know, if it was six weeks down the road and they were still undefeated and then they're just waiting for it to kind of uh, implode or to the bubble to burst. Hey, week one burst. You guys did not look good and you're on your risk of actually sucking the rest of the season. If you keep playing that way. So I think between uh, Bruce and Tom, uh, I think you're going to see a, a whole new team come out in week two, and I think that uh, they'll get things turned around. Whether it happens or not, we'll see, but that's what I feel. It's, and if it doesn't, then that just solidifies my case is that uh, Brady was a product of Bill Belichick. It's going to be – it's it's such an interesting debate, and I'm looking forward to hearing it. I, I, unfortunately, I just have seen enough of Bruce Arians to know that uh, – his quarterbacks get exposed in his offense. And uh, we saw it with Ben Roethlisberger. We saw it with Carson Palmer when he went over to uh, to Arizona. And now we're seeing we're going to see it with Tom Brady. It's inevitable. You know, the, the whole idea of just leaving that, those five guys to block for your quarterback and having guys run deep roots, it's just you're asking for trouble for a quarterback who's not very mobile. So anyway, we'll see the what last, happens with that. The last division, I think, is the most intriguing one in the NFL cool. this year for me oh. with the NFC West with the Seahawks, the Rams, the Niners, and the Cardinals. Uh, this is the one I had the, the hardest time figuring out. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, I love DK Metcalf. I love the Seahawks. I uh, Russell Wilson is, I mean, if he's not the best quarterback in the NFL, he's top three, oh, and yeah. he's everything you want. He can move, he can throw, he can read, he can – Audible out. He, he's smart. I mean, what do you? What more do you want in a quarterback not named Patrick Mahomes? There, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Seattle Seahawks and the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I just like what they've done. I like what they've done with their offensive line. They've retooled their offensive line after losing a couple of guys in the trades. Um, their defense is is still solid up front. Good secondary. I, hey, you know Russell Wilson, man, he's he's incredible. So I like the Seahawks. Uh, it's going to be a dogfight. You mentioned yesterday that San Francisco is going to be okay. I'm not so sure. They lost two guys on the defensive line. Their defense was number one in the NFL last year. They lost some guys. Richard Sherman's on the IR. I, I don't know if they're going to be okay. I, I don't know. We saw the one linebacker get absolutely destroyed. Sorry, that was Arizona's linebacker. That was Arizona's right? by yeah. <laughs> 49ers left tackle. That's why I said they're going to be okay because they got uh, – uh, big Trent Williams there at left tackle who destroyed that linebacker oh, for Arizona. He nice really to, did. Oh, it was beautiful. I'll go Seahawks, Rams. Uh, Cardinals are going to be 500, if maybe surprising. And I think the Niners take a step back this year. I think the Niners end up being a 6-9 and nine team, seven, uh, sorry, 7-9 and nine team, 6-10 and 10 team. I, I, and I don't have anything really to go on other than just my gut feeling. I don't think Garoppolo can reproduce the year he did he had last year i also don't think their defense you don't is think he good, can so. reproduce an average of passing for maybe 100 yards a game and letting the running backs run all over the field well, he, had a, 
he had, he had some good games. I, I just don't think he's. I don't think he is what they think he is. And I haven't. I haven't crowned him. So I'm going to give the edge to uh, uh, Seahawks Rams. I think the Rams are going to have a comeback year. Their offensive line looked really good, and there's and I love their offensive line. They're mean and nasty. And uh, and then we'll go Cardinals and Niners. How you like them out? I'm going to piss off a lot of people with the Niners call. You're going to piss off a lot of people with the Niners. Oh, this uh, man, I have Seahawks, Niners, Rams, Cardinals. I just, uh, I think 49ers schedule is is favorable. I think if they get there again, I'm going. When you add a Trent Williams to an offensive line that is already pretty good and, uh, you know, dominant in the run game, and if they're still running that kind of uh, run scheme, what's their coach's name again? Shanahan? Shanahan, yeah. Yeah. They run those, and it's pretty intricate in terms of a scheme and the deception and the counter uh, actions and all that kind of stuff. And then you add a guy like Trent Williams, uh, who I believe sat out last year, who's pretty healthy then. Um, man, I don't know. I think it's just if they can establish that, then they're they're gonna be fine and yeah. and get away with it. And they just uh, you know Garoppolo doesn't have to do he doesn't have to win the game, but um, yeah, I, I I think Seattle takes this division, but I think it's it's all very very tight. Yeah, uh, they you know they're dealing with they got Raheem Mostert still in the backfield. I love Derek him. McKinnon. Oh, Mostert, I love too. Jarek McKinnon's back is back from an injury. He's been off for a couple of years, actually. But you know, Kittle's hurt. We don't know if he's coming back this week or not. Um, I think Tell he'll that be, to my obviously fantasy he'll be league. fine. Yep. Kittle. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you know, they lost Sanders. Uh, I think the other guy, Samuel, is on the IR. So I mean, Debo? there's some issues. Debo. Yeah, there's some issues there. Can they overcome? My, my big thing with the Niners is their defense looks like they've taken a step back. That's my call on the Niners. I think you're bang on with their, you know, I love me some run game. I yeah. love the run scheme. I love the deception. I love the, the trap plays and the misdirection. I love all that. But their defense is taking a step back, and their defense is what got them the Super Bowl last year. So yeah, I agree. we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, you're, you could very well be right. And what did you have? I think, yeah, so Seattle, St. Louis, or L.A. Yeah. Um, Seattle, LA, Arizona. I think LA and Arizona are going to fight, but I think LA, I think the battle is going to be with Seattle and LA. And I think Arizona will hover around 500 and the Niners take a step back. I think the Niners end up being six and 10 or seven and nine. I think the Rams are going to be fine. I, this is really like for a division that I don't get to see a lot. This is a division that I'm very interested to see. And I think it's going to be the most exciting race throughout the season. There is no clear cut winner. It's going to be a, a team winning it with a ten and eight sort of record. They're always going to go and, and and sail off into the sunset with a thirteen and three or whatever. The what do they play? Eighteen games, sixteen games, ten and six. Sixteen games. Yeah, ten yeah. and six. So ten and eight doesn't make good math. Anyway, tell my kids that. All right. <laughs> CFL. CFL. So just a recap. I got the Cowboys, Seahawks, uh, Packers, and Saints winning their division, and a wild card could be anybody. Could it could be could be just Buccaneers. Could be the Rams. I don't think we're going to see a wild card from the NFC East. I think it'll be the Cowboys and everyone no, else will, will miss the playoffs. definitely won't see it from the East. Yeah, so the, it's going to be great. It's going to be tight, and uh, I'm just so happy football's back. 
Yeah, and hopefully uh, it continues to, to stay that way because uh, yeah. I know we're getting a few spikes here in our area and, um, you know, there's some talk of pulling back. I know the states uh, don't give a shit. So it's going to be play ball, status quo for the next little while. No uh, fans in the stands, you know, kind of sucks, but whatever. Hey, let me ask you this, okay? So, okay, that's uh, whatever. We went through NFC. We can go, we're going to go through uh, week two schedule right. real quick. Um, if the Pittsburgh Steelers, no fans, you got an email and it said, you know what, for 99 bucks, we'll put a Pierre Cariotti cutout in one of the seats and it'll be there for the, the full year. And at the end of it, uh, if you want, you can pay shipping and have it sent to you and whatever. Would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd pay 99 bucks to have Dikembe Mutombo say both of our names on uh, on Cameo. I'm for sure paying 100 bucks to have a cutout of myself sitting in Heinz Field. What did did you do that? No, I I'd, I want to, to have oh. Dikembe Mutombo talk about us. Yeah. If I had any kind of money, if the, if I wasn't on such a COVID budget, I'd be I'd be dishing this uh, this money out like candy. But yeah, I would totally would. You? Dikembe Mutombo. Unsportsmanlike convo. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) I almost bought his shoes back in the day, and they were ugly. Hey, man. But I almost bought them. Georgetown, baby. Dikembe and Alonzo Mourning and Ewing showed up to John Thompson's funeral the uh, the other day, and it Mm. was uh, sad. Allen Iverson says Thompson saved his life. I mean, uh, wild stuff. So anyway, yeah, uh, yes, I totally would. I I got an email for the Gators, so you could do that. 99 bucks, stick it in the stands, and it's like... Uses to separate because they're allowed twenty percent of fans or something. And anyway, so your chance to be on TV and as a cutout, and then you get it after. So anyway, I thought about it. What do you think about the Big Ten coming back? Like I said, the states have gone through, and we talked with you know Dr. K, and you know, as much as the the states are were a little bit too lenient. You know, he also sort of pointed out that the, the the likelihood of them getting a second wave is obviously lower because it's kind of going through their population. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what my point is there, but I just feel like, okay, so they're moving forward and it just feels like now we're kind of pulling back a little bit. But um, from a Big Ten standpoint, I just want to know why they're coming back because I know that there was a lot of push. There was Nebraska parents of football players that had made a big – um, petition or whatever about not playing, and so they were a big push. And uh, so I just want to—I just hope they're doing it for the right reasons, as opposed to being pressured in by uh, a group of parents and politicians or whoever is is pushing that that envelope. Um, It's—it's uh, it's huge money, but they can't have money. full fans. They can't have whatever. And here's the thing: it's big money for whom, right? You're making these athletes go out and making these athletes go. But if an athlete doesn't want to go, so that's my issue too, is in the NFL you still get paid a certain stipend if you're a highly um, a high-risk sit-out versus somebody who just doesn't feel comfortable playing. Um, but as a college kid, you don't have those options. You're not getting paid if you don't play. And if you don't play, you know, I'm hearing stories of kids getting blackballed and kids, um, you know, uh, being threatened indirectly that they're not going to get playing time or that they're not going to play the next year when they come back if they choose to sit out. Stuff like that that is really wrong. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that really worries me. Hey, Pittsburgh, uh, Kevin Colbert, the Pittsburgh GM, went out on the record and said 
the Steelers will draft only from guys who played last this season. That's right. a huge statement. That uh, caught me off guard, actually. But he said, how can we evaluate anybody who didn't play? Like, we can't. All we have is to, to the game film of the of the teams and players that are that have committed to playing. So, I was a little taken back by that. Um, uh, yeah, it's an interesting statement, you know. It is, and I mean, it makes sense. It's just it's just surprising to hear an organization that usually airs on the side of caution. I was taken aback by that. I, I was most like, of the people, the players that are going to be drafted this year. Um, okay, no. If if a kid is not playing this year, the odds of them going into the draft after this year are very slim. The purpose of them saying, you know, I'm not playing this year, they keep that year of eligibility. They will play next year. So you say, you know what, I get healthy, I get stronger, I get my grades in order, I get whatever, get focused, get into it, then I play. Then you get evaluated, then you get drafted. He That guy is talking specifically to a handful of kids who are and have decided to sit out this year and will enter the 2021 NFL draft. Those players are not doing it from a third string position and never have played on the field. You just don't do that. You can't do that. These players are players that have a proven track record that have shown what they can do on the field and it's just like a, like a senior bowl thing. You say, oh, I made the all-star team. I made the senior bowl. I made the shrine bowl. And they say, well, you know what? I'm not playing in the shrine bowl because I've already shown what I can do. I don't need to do anything else to help my stock. I don't want to risk getting hurt. I don't want to risk getting sick in this case kind of thing. You already seen it. My resume is there. So draft me accordingly. So he's talking to those players, the players that don't have film and need more work or, or aren't, don't have a product on the field and video evidence that they've actually can do it at a high level are not the guys that are concerned about getting drafted. They will sure. play again before they get drafted. Sure. That's a great explanation. I appreciate the explanation because like I said, it was like, well, you know, there, there's some guys that are, that are probably worthy of a first round or second round pick. If they do declare for the draft that you're just going to miss out on because they didn't play this year. I mean, so it was, it's an interesting debate. Uh, you talk about, um, the reason why they're coming back, we have to understand the current administration that runs the United States is all for everybody coming back. Like they want yeah. college sports. They want professional sports. They want fans in the stands for crying out loud. Everybody wants normalcy. So, so yeah. So after November 3rd, when, when, if, and when the, there might be an administration change that could all change. I mean, if the Democrats come, come back into power with the majority, they might say, hey, uh, you know, all this stuff we were doing, forget it. We're going to lock down again. Like, we don't know what's going to happen after November 3rd. So I think everybody should just sort of take all this stuff with a grain of salt. Things can change after November 3rd. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. But anyway, uh, as you know, we're both thrilled that ha to have any sport on TV. Uh, it seems to be all of it's being done in a very safe way. So if uh, college football can follow the model, I'm all in. Speaking of, the IIHF has has uh, announced today that uh, they're going to have the the uh, World Juniors in Edmonton. So that is not canceled. They're going to do the bubble system in Edmonton. I think it works so, well for hockey. I think the NHL has well. proved it. The NBA has proved it. If you can bubble it up and get guys in and quarantine them for a couple weeks and then whatever, you're good. I'm thrilled because uh, that's my favorite hockey. I just wanted to throw that out there. We don't want to talk about it, but I want to mention that it's my favorite tournament of the year. It's my favorite kind of hockey because the young players, they try hard and all that good stuff. So, uh, so it's favorite tournament of the year is the juniors Par over March Madness. 
Oof. Are you asking me if what I prefer? Well, I'm just I'm making huh? a f- uh, a philosophical. Uh, uh, I'd say arguably the two best funnest tournaments. I know college football is big for you, but for me, oh yeah, but oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And you know what was tough yeah. was coming out with philosophical and the next word that came with it because I just froze. I had no idea what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> philosophical All right, let's determination. Talk about the okay. coming up this week. Week two. Week two. We're going to whip through them fairly quickly here. Week okay. two starts tonight, Thursday night, 820, in okay. Cleveland. The Cincinnati, <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. The visit, Toilet Bowl. <laughs> visit the, the Browns. The Browns. I think the, you talk about teams getting embarrassed. I think the Browns actually have some pride. I think they come out and they put a put a thumping on the Cincinnati Bengals uh, at home. I mean, there's no crowd, but I just think I think they they were embarrassed. And we're talking about two teams that are kind of equally matched. Who's going to have more anger towards their their last week's uh, performance? I think it's the Browns. Yeah, I'm going to give the edge to the Browns. I think it's like a a 25 to 14 somewhere in that ballpark. All right, we're giving scores now. Okay, I'll take your no, score. Well, I mean, we don't have to, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I'll go with the Browns. They're shopping OBJ around too, apparently. Um, so I, I kind of expect a big game from them. Um, Baker's uh, it's trying either, to force It's going to be one on the other side. It's going to be a huge game because he's like, yo, teams, look at me. I'm still here. Get me out of here. Or it's going to be nothing because they're going to say, you know, we're shopping. You know, we're moving on to the next guy. We're just showing that we're yeah. not even going to put you out there. But um, it'll be interesting. Baker, Baker can't force feed him. Let, play the offense. Take what they give you. Don't don't just don't give in to this guy. Like Landry's an all-star. You've got all-star tight ends. Like just play your system. You got a running game that you got running backs who, who can do the job. Play the system. I'll agree with that now. But that's because OBJ is not on my fantasy team. Because when he is, I'm like force feed him. <laughs> Give him the ball every single time, people. All right. So you, <laughs> we got the Browns. Uh, Giants at the Bears. The Bears. I'm gonna go Bears. 100 to zero. I mean, I don't. Uh, Bears defense is gonna overwhelm that offensive line. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bears just from sheer experience. I'll give the Bears the edge 20 to 10. Yeah, I agree. It might be worse than that. Uh, Rams at Eagles. I think the Rams take that handedly. Aaron Donald is going to have a field day with those five. You know, I'm gonna. I'm, this one's going to be close. I'm going to give the edge to the Rams, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than than you think. I think that remember the Eagles were up on this Washington team. They, I think they just let their guard down. Maybe just took fell asleep in the third quarter, but they were up. So, I think the Rams to get or win the game is going to be close. Twenty twenty four to twenty. The Eagles would have won. Carson Wentz was a little off on a couple throws. Um, you know, missed they were in the, with the big in touchdown the pass, and yeah, for sure. But I think the Rams are pretty good. Like I think the Rams yeah. are good. I think after Todd Gurley, uh, those other guys, Malcolm Brown, and those guys can actually step up and play pretty well. And I still like their offensive line. Their defense is pretty decent. Um, yes. And their uniforms look way better than their logo does. Um, Falcons at Cowboys. Oh, I gotta, I gotta go Cowboys because I just have zero faith in the Falcons on every level, from from coaching to running game to receivers to defense to I just nothing. I got a Cowboys twenty eight ten. I don't even know why I'm not even going to give picks because if you tune in to the podcast, you'll realize that my picks all suck. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I think again I agree. I think the Cowboys they're at home. They bounce back from a, a disappointing loss. Um, 
yeah, uh, that's probably it. The Falcons, it's unfortunate. Matty Ryan can throw for 450 yards, which is great uh, from a fantasy perspective, but it uh, doesn't translate into wins. I don't think their defense yeah. has been as good either. No. Uh, Panthers at the Buccaneers. I think we both talked about this. I think the Buccaneers come back, bounce back in a hard way week two. Um, I mean, Arians, I think, has already said that he expects to come back, and, and same with Brady, and I think that they are two very – uh, respected professionals in terms of they want to redeem themselves. And I think that we're going to see that um, against the Panthers on Sunday. Yeah. And I think to see, I think we'll see the, the Bucks defense take a step up and sort of commit all in to stopping McCaffrey. Uh, can Bridgewater find his targets? I don't know. Uh, I think we're looking at a 28 to 15 somewhere in that ballpark uh i think the bucks to pull away with this one next time what i'm going to do is i'll get the spread so you don't have to give me the score you can just give me the spread we can even pick against sure. the spread if you want sure um 49ers at the jets <laughs> moving on we'll go <laughs> i think the niners even though they're taking a step back this year i think the niners beat the jets uh in new york like it even matters uh, a step back is not 32 steps back um, the Broncos at the Steelers. <laughs> well, you know, uh, all all bias aside, uh, I I don't like what Bronco the Broncos are doing on offense. Uh, they did not look very strong against uh, uh, you know against a good Tennessee defense. I, I'm going to give Tennessee some credit, but I think the Broncos come in. They're facing a Pittsburgh team that's excited. They're playing at home. It, there could be no fans in Heinz Field if you've never been to Heinz Field. It's an awesome venue. It's an awesome background. It's an awesome vibe. Uh, I just think Pittsburgh has something to prove. Um, I'm going to go Pittsburgh. It's going to be a close game, though. I think it'll be a close game. And I got a couple of pals who are Denver fans who are probably, you know, wishing uh, the worst for me. But, hey, Pittsburgh, baby. Ben Roethlisberger looking great. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh wins fairly handily, too, actually. But Veteran defense, second-year quarterback. It's the defense. It's the Steelers' defense, and the fact that now that Ben is kind of coming back is, you know, adds a spark to the to the offense. But I think it's his first game back at Heinz Field since being hurt. I think uh, I think the Steelers roll with it. They went eight and eight with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, karate jazz hands. What is this? Yeah, Cobra Kai. I just want people to understand that they almost <laughs> made the playoffs with Duck Hodges. Enough said. Yeah, the AFC is pretty weak. Um, okay, so the Jags at Tennessee. Well, I, two weeks ago, I'd have said Tennessee by a landslide, but I don't know now. I don't know now. The Jags showed me some heart. I have no idea. This is a tough one. I'm going to go Jags. I am going to go Jags. Tennessee did not show me enough. Uh, you know, certainly um, we have no expectations of the Jags. I mean, they traded everybody in the offseason. They're, they're clearly rebuilding. They've got, an, they've got enough picks to uh, rebuild the team. But they, sh- they played well last week. I'm going to go Jags. That's my upset pick of the week. Yeah, I'm not going that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Tennessee, uh, Tennessee comes out, uh, plays better. Uh, the offensive line comes out, plays more aggressive. I think they they get back to, and then their field goal kicker doesn't miss twelve points worth of points. They they win by two touchdowns. I'm a Gardner Minshew fan. Gardner is it? Yeah, it's Gardner Minshew. I'm a, I'm a fan of his. He's a good player. You just like the jorts, man. 
I, I, I mean, I'm wearing jorts right now, pal. No, no, no. This is over. Um, <laughs> next. Next. Lions and Packers. <laughs> next. Bills and Dolphins. Uh, you know. <clears throat> Stranger things have happened I, in Miami. Dolphins haven't shown me, didn't show me anything last week. They haven't sh- they showed me a regression. I think Fitzpatrick usually he's he's been known to uh, over overstay his welcome in some of these cities. He comes out as a good first year, as a decent second year, and then just falls off the planet. He did that in Tampa Bay. He did that in Buffalo. He did that in Cincinnati. The same is going to happen here. I think the Dolphins offense is going to need Tua sooner than later. Uh, all bills. Yeah, I think that's a yeah that I agree with. Um, the Bills, I, I really think the Bills can take a step forward this year and fight for that division. Well, I, I think I picked them. I think I picked them for that division. Although the Patriots do look a lot better than I thought they were after Week One. But anyway, this is the Bills' division to be had. It's their division to lose. Yep. Which they're pretty. When good was at. the last time we said that? Mm. Well, the loss part a lot, but the, the their division to lose is a little bit. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, uh, Vikings at Colts. Uh, two, teams two teams that are coming, coming off, off tough losses. Two teams coming off tough losses. I got to go with the Vikings. I think Philip Rivers is uh, a year or two removed from uh, from re- when he should have retired. I think he, I think he's just lost that uh, what made him so good for so long. That competitive edge, the ability to overcome, uh, uh, you know, a deficit. I don't think he's got it. Um, he throws too many picks. He's as mobile as Brady, which is not saying much. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Vikings. Yeah, uh, I think this might be a little bit tighter than I want to give the Colts some credit. Their offensive line is so damn good that if Reich calls the right plays and keeps Rivers kind of in check to a point, I think the Colts could win this game. Yeah. Um, and that's just that's a from a, a Viking. I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm going to take Quentin Nelson, the Colts, and uh, you know, see what happens there. I think they kind of get their act together. Rivers may be a bit nervous with a different team and uh, finally gets, uh, you know, gets relaxed a bit more. The sure. Washington football team at the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, well, Kyler Murray's in for, a, for a, a quite the day. Uh, but I'm going to give the edge to the Cardinals because DeAndre Hopkins uh, was a star last week. 14 catches. Murray can elude. Yeah. Murray has some Russell Wilson in him. He's still very young, but I, I like what they're doing in Arizona. Cliff Kingsbury gets uh, you know uh, some of the blame for last year's uh, failures, but um, he's working the system with what he has. He's he's using his talent properly. That's why I like them. He, he's playing on his strengths. His, his uh, quarterback can, can move, and he's got a star receiver, and he was targeted 16 times. You don't see that much anymore. 16 targets for 14 catches. I mean, that's pretty impressive. That's saying, these are my horses. I'm going with them. So I'm going to take Arizona. Did I take Arizona last in that division? I don't think. Anyway, it's going to be tight, but I really like what they're doing. I think Kyler Murray's mobility is what's going to help but separate with the Washington front. Um, so, yeah, I take the Cardinals as well. Ravens at Texans. I got as much as again, as much as it pains me, I'm gonna go with the Ravens only because they're they're just so damn good. Yep, they're just so they're so well coached. Everything, special teams, um, offense, defense, you name it, they're just so well well coached. 
I'll take the Ravens as well, even though it is in Houston. I think that uh, without Hopkins, I think we're uh, – <laughs> yeah, that's the old uh, we're getting down in time, trying to whip through this. Uh, <laughs> Ravens beat the Texans. Chiefs at Chargers. I think we can maybe uh, skip that one. Yep. Chiefs should walk with that. Patriots at Seahawks. That one is actually kind of interesting. That is very interesting. Uh, I'm taking I'm the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Seahawks only because they have uh, experience and they're rolling. But this will be that. This is going to be an interesting one. Do, they, do you have the time on that one? Sure do. Is that, is that a four o'clock game? No, it's eight twenty Sunday night. Whoa, that's going to be prime time. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, I got the Seahawks because they're at home. I think the the whole East Coast West Coast will play a little bit of factor into it. I don't uh, yeah. know. There's no fans, so the twelfth man is not going to be as as big of a impact, obviously, but. Uh, I think uh, the Seahawks take it. It's probably going to be tight, but I think the Seahawks take it. And, uh, you know, I think we'll get a real good idea of where the Patriots' defense is, given all those guys that aren't playing this year um, against yeah. them. So Monday night, Saints at Raiders. Las That's Vegas. That's going to be a great game. Uh, this is going to be a test for the Raiders. See, see exactly if they're legit, if that first, uh, first week uh, victory over the Panthers was legit or not. Uh, I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, I don't think the Raiders are for real. I think they played a team that was in, is in transition. Um, so I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Saints, and I don't think it's going to be very close. All right, uh, I'm going to take the Raiders. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. It's a hey, they're opening their stadium. It's in Vegas. Uh, you know they got a couple good pieces there. Maybe the Saints go up early and hit the strip clubs beforehand or something like that, and. You know, it's Vegas. Vegas is an actual issue Home for teams field. that are coming in. So now teams got to plan around that. You know, how how early do we want to be in Vegas before our game? How, you know, how much time, how much free time are we giving the players? How much trouble can these guys get into? Um, and I don't know the status of Vegas with the whole COVID thing, but I, I believe there's still trouble to get into over there. So... You know, when you leave, uh, I mean, New Orleans has also got its own thing, I suppose. But I don't know. I'm taking the Raiders in a very, very tight one. And it's going to be, you know, a couple of fluke plays here and there. Michael Thomas is not going to be playing. And so the rookie receiver is going to like, it's going to be a tip off his hands for a pick six for a win. Something stupid like that. But I think the Raiders can actually, there's something in there. I don't know why. Interesting. I'm also notoriously wrong. Well, last week, <laughs> last week was horrible. Okay, that's the end for our NFC wrap up. Week one wrap up it went a little bit long. We apologize for that to a point. We like talking about it, but that's going to be it for the video. So we are going to sign off. Peace. And then uh, for the audio, you can stick around. We're going to go over our uh, uh, pick 'em pool and uh, who did well and who didn't. Sayonara. Bye. All right. Okay. Uh, there. So the last little bit we're going to go over here is the pick'em pool. Did you go through who uh, who did well and who didn't? You know who's winning right now, right? Well, actually, it's just like so. There's Frank. Frank Leclerc's uh, is leading. But That's Frank Leclerc. Frank Frankie Fives. Frankie Fives, yeah. So you got him. He's like number one. And then there's a bunch. Uh, he's got 22 points. There's a, a couple of guys with 18. And there's a group of guys with 16 points. So we're all sort of intermixed. 
and then there and then and then there's and then there's uh then there's, there's what there's you at the bot at the at the bottom of the of the list, but so you did okay. Point, we got points somewhere, right? Where's the points? I think you got like ten or eight. no negative. I got eight. Okay, so yeah, uh, two guys are at the top with twenty two points. We got Frankie and Heisman, whoever Heisman is. Should have. And then Curtis is sitting third, I think. Curtis is sitting third. Yeah. Uh, Pignat's at fifth. Yeah. Joe Witten seven. You're at eight. Chris, we're all tied. We're all tied in, right? Uh well, yeah I guess you're tied in with uh, the seven seven eight nine are all tied. Yeah. Christian Couture is right behind you at fourteen. Gunner's got ten, and I'm throwing you guys a bone for the first week just to make it interesting. And I threw that. So <laughs> now it's game on, peeps. I got some catching up to do. Um, I got to put my picks in. We're gonna have to get. Oh yeah. Uh, I yeah, we're gonna have to get those guys. Who's Heisman? Do we know who Heisman is? Heisman. I don't know who Heisman is. Let me no. see if I can find out who that is. I think my kids came home. Anyway, Heisman. Uh, why do we have the stupid names? Just although it's a, Bar- it's a college football. Uh, yeah, you're. Yeah. Barkevius Bingo. Anyway, we should have the names. I'll figure out the names, but Frankie's in the lead. I am dead last. Heisman is tied for first. Again, Curtis is the guy that I figured would be probably leading this, so we'll see. Week one is uh, is is clearly just shit luck, obviously, because, uh, oh. I mean, clearly. Jacksonville? You know, who who picks Jacksonville? Uh, I mean, I, I, took, I took the Colts over Jacksonville, and I took the Bengals over the Chargers. I thought the Bengals should have should have should have won that game. I'd, I'd have given me. I'd be yeah. I'd be first place had had those two teams uh, come through. So anyway, okay. Uh, I had uh, two other songs that I wanted to uh, play from yesterday. That I uh, the lyrics you sort of changed the lyrics. And uh, although I can't see my board, I can't. I think. This is the one I thought was uh, related to. Uh, Balls. So I guess it's uh, Dabba Dee Dabba Die, but I thought it was I Have Needs, I'm a Guy. I Have Needs, I'm a Guy. No? <laughs> wow. Yeah, okay, so that one maybe not. And then. Uh, okay. Now, usually I don't do this, but. Uh, this is one after he got go uh, some charges, I guess. Me. Now I'm not trying to be rude, but hey, pretty girl, I'm feeling you. The way you do the things you do reminds me of my Lexus cool. That's why I'm all up in your grill, trying to get you to a hotel. You must be a football coach. The way you got me playing the field, so baby, give me that and let me get that. Running her hand through my fro, bouncing on twelve-year-olds. Oh, it's a remix to ignition, hot and fresh out the kitchen. I don't even know where this is going. I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, wow. But, uh, yeah, that was a couple of songs that uh, I would change the lyrics to in my head when I was in the car. Have you seen the Netflix uh, R. Kelly? Surviving R. Kelly? No. <laughs> I have not. He's, well, he's a mess. He is a, a, a train wreck, mess. pal. Self-made seen... mess. Uh, but what I did see, and I will, uh, Frank, um, Frank, Freddie. Big Freddy shared a YouTube series called uh, The Great Debate, I think, or Debate the Great. It was basically 
eight short videos on the arguments for uh, who should be considered the greatest of all time in the NBA. And I've gone through, uh, I got the uh, the Bill Russell one, the Tim Duncan one, and the Magic Johnson one done so far. I'm going to finish with MJ and LeBron. Uh, but they are very well done. And when I'm done it, like he, he brings up, you know, if you're one of these guys that thinks, uh, you know, somebody's the greatest because of this, or you're using arguments about generational talent, all that kind of stuff, and he like, points things out where you're like, ah, that's probably wrong. I shouldn't be doing that. You got to appreciate them for what they are. Anyway, it's very, very well done. And there's yeah. eight of them. I'm three down and I'm excited to watch the rest of them. Uh, is Kareem one of them? <clears throat> yeah. Kareem's one of them. Yeah, it's yeah. uh yeah. So I got those three Kareem, uh, uh, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron, and uh, there's obviously one more cause there's eight. Uh, of them. You know, I hate the, uh, I hate the the goat debate. I really do. I, I it's and I, I think it's more than just Jordan Lebron. I like. I'd love to see the. I'd rather see a, um, the greatest team assembled versus the greatest player. Like, I'd rather have you know Jordan, Bird, Magic, Lebron, and Kobe be called the greatest starting five over individual players. I, I just their skill sets are all very uh, very different. Like the only yeah. two guys I can compare that are so equal in terms of skill set are Kobe and Jordan. Everybody else is so unique. Like LeBron is a, is is so unique. His game is so unique. Like you never saw Magic shooting threes from like four feet outside the three point line and then come down and dunk it on somebody at thirty five years old. Like his his skill set is so different. Everyone's so different. Yeah. You know? So it's it's called making the case. Sorry, not the great. Is that what, is that what making you, the uh, case? Is that what you tagged me on? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, I, saw I, I think I saw. Uh, or no, maybe it was Freddie that tagged you in. But anyway, it's called making the case. There's one for LeBron, Michael, Bill Russell, Kareem, Wilt is the other one, Magic, Larry, and Tim Duncan. Um, again, all of them are good. All of the arguments that people use and points that people use uh, to argue those, he addresses them. Um, substantiates them or also not debunks them but sort of like um unintensifies them is that even a word so basically you know he kind of downplays them a bit or you know like the popovich thing with tim duncan he had popovich one of the greatest coaches and they're like yeah he did but he also had the ability that if he didn't like the way popovich was coaching or didn't have that relationship he could have went to the owner and he and popovich would have been gone yeah and he's like he didn't he wasn't afraid to take that criticism whatever so Popovich is built with Tim Duncan kind of at the same time. Um, so that part of the argument, anyway, it's very well done. They're short. They're only about half an hour, 20 minutes, half hour, way shorter than our episode. And, uh, you know, you can go through that. Here's my quick 10 second case for LeBron. It's longevity. I mean, the fact that he's played at this level, he's playing the best basketball of his career at 35 years old. We started to see the decline in everybody around 34, everybody. Jordan, I mean, Jordan, even at the Wizards, he was still playing at a high level, but he didn't have the athleticism that he did when he was in his in his late 20s, early 30s. Longevity. I mean, what we're seeing LeBron do is remarkable. And, but there are there have been guys in the past who faded a lot quicker. T- Tim Duncan, his last three, four years in the NBA were painful to watch. I mean, he was coming off the bench, I think, his last season. So, I mean, to, to watch LeBron after – he was drafted in 2004, man. Hey, this is, this is a great episode to work our way up to. In the meantime, 
on Spotify, random, old school hits. This is what came up. We're going out to it. Have yourself a great day. Week two out around the corner starts tonight. Get your bets in, get your picks in for Sunday. Spread the word. We'll see everybody on the flip side. Peace out. I gotta pee. Save all your accolades just to dough. My game is wide, all names aside. Trying to stay alive. Hunted down for the bracelet. Foolish ain't out of chain to strain your eye. Twin platinum gun, son. Aim for the sky. Ice on my bullet. You die soon as I pull it. Willies wanna rub shoulders. Your money's too young. See me when it gets older. Your bank account grow up. Mine's is one zero 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 old up. Damn near out the rear trunk when I roll up. Motai till I close up. It's all basic. I've been spending hundreds since they had small faces. Rob your stash out. Double out down in Vegas. Me and JD got it locked crazy. Where you at, haters?